Good morning, and welcome to Lopes on Movies. My name is Joey Lopes, and today I am joined by Connor. Good morning, Joey. And uh, only Connor. Unfortunately, Kyle is at the beach this week. This is his uh, summer beach week, as as he always takes. It's been a uh, problem for me ever since childhood, where I'd want to hang <laughs> out can. with Kyle, and yeah. uh, you know he's just just gone for a week can't every live summer. Without Kyle, can't live without. What would Kyle. I? What would I do without Kyle? And what he would we do a, without Kyle? No, we we would. I mean, we'd have the show like this. It's going to be. You know, we're going to have to step up our game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so Kyle like timed that one well. So he got the whole. You know, Fourth of July weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, how was your Fourth of July, Joe? Uh, I just, you know, I was very busy this weekend working on working on stuff. So, unfortunately, I didn't really get too much time to relax. I relaxed a lot today. Well, um, so that was that, that was kind of nice. good. You spent the Fourth of July in the shed, just uh, working on stuff. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I did. Yes, I did. That's good. I was in Lewis. I was in Lewis, Delaware. It was it was very nice. Ah, uh, yes. That's right. That's right. Well, I uh, luckily this this weekend I did have uh, did have some time to to queue up the old HBO Max as, uh, as as we often do these days to, to watch something new. But before we get to that, let's, you know, kind of go over some some movie news. You know, I'm still kind of feeling like a little bit of a broken record here talking about basically the same thing every week. But it is interesting to see how it, you know, it keeps happening. <laughs> so uh, Universal, Universal Studios has announced that all of their, uh, like, big movies or blockbuster movies that are releasing this year are going to hit streaming four months after opening in theaters. So only four months they're going to be live on Peacock, the uh, the NBC Universal uh, streaming service, which I'm pretty sure is advertised purely as a place to watch The Office. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's got if, one if, other thing. I think it had the the Premier League in the United States, which okay, is soccer. Okay. soccer. So people right, loved yeah, it for yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and then they also get the office so they get the office watching network and they get to watch their soccer and mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. you know now they are they're like all right well now the sock soccer is is done you know for the season so now we need something else so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know now we got now they got the universal stuff yeah so you know four months after they open in theaters you can see uh the new jurassic world movie um you can see the the new minions movie um you can see Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, which I think is a Shrek thing. Ah, nice. Um, Didn't they already do like a solo Puss in Boots movie that like... They tanked? did, yeah. That it was, was, that was like, like forever ago too. That, 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 I remember that like ages ago. So like, what, what are they doing bringing back? Uh, you know, I, I don't, you know what? Don't even want to analyze it. <laughs> do you remember when the, they were making, they yeah. would make like, like really budget Shrek stuff for a while? Like they'd make Shrek things that they would come out for like a I don't know. This is the the Shrek summer movie, and they they churn it out. It'd be like twenty minutes, and it'd look awful. Do you remember what they, they were doing that for a while? Was that a, Shrek was, was so... those on like those on TV or like what, yeah what, yeah where... I think they yeah I think they were like direct to TV special things like okay okay and just garbage. They looked like terrible too. <laughs> I mean, it's sometimes like sometimes I forget just how like big Shrek was when it came out. It was like so huge. Uh, I guarantee there was, were like yeah. like. 10 separate Shrek things between the movies, the Puss in Boots, and like all of those little spin off things for like the, the Christmas Shrek thing and the, 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 yeah, the summer yeah, yeah. Shrek or the winter Shrek or any something like that. 
I mean, this Ton is how it goes, you know, like when, when you got a hit and you're a, a big company, you just got to milk it for all it's worth. Yeah, I mean, that's that's everything. <laughs> My favorite uh, Shrek story is how when, when DreamWorks animation was first opened, um, they were working on two movies. There was uh, Prince of Egypt, which, from my recollection, is you know a uh, lavish and beautifully produced 2D animated film, and Shrek, which uh, whenever the the animators would would be bad or, or not pull their weight, they'd get what's called Shreked, where they'd be mm-hmm. sent to the the doldrums to work on Shrek instead of uh, Prince of Egypt, and then you know. Well, look, his, what, history, what, <laughs> history yeah. has said that Shrek would be the one that uh, that takes off and, and kind of decides where the animation industry goes from here. You know, yeah, I, he, I, I wonder about a world where, where it was you know, Prince of Egypt instead that was the successful movie. Uh, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to yeah. be. Smash Mouth well, was too powerful. Smash Mouth was too powerful, and they remain too powerful. Um, <laughs> no, that's not true. Smash no. Mouth is basically just like a joke on Twitter. It's like their entire existence um, when are the sequels going to end joey like this this year so like you, you said what what do we got here more jurassic world is coming out to, for peacock in the 2022 mm-hmm. you know i think it's really interesting I, I was this this is like not super new news but they were recently talking about uh they're making a, a velma series on hbo max i think it's a i think it's live action it might not be live action it might be animated i don't remember but velma from the scooby-doo it's like a an origin story or like you know like story about velma but it doesn't actually feature the like the rest of the gang and apparently like scooby-doo doesn't even exist in the universe but it's called velma and is about velma and like everyone is really confused about this but then then they realize oh this was probably pitched as an original idea and then you know the the whoever they pitched it to were like we can't make this unless it has a recognizable ip attached to it so let's, uh, you know, roll the mm, dice, yeah, you know, spin the Velma. dartboard, you know, see what, what do we got oh um, that gosh. we could, uh, so it's, it's just a, it's a depressing landscape where, you know, you, you can't sell an original idea unless you attach it to an IP or you make a sequel. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> what can you do? That's so rough. Like, what do we, so, so yeah. far this year with sequels, the forever purge, you know, we talked about that one last week, <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> very exciting. Uh, this one, the one that I think is hilarious that's out right now, that I can't believe this got a sequel. The Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. I actually saw that in oh, advanced screening like years ago. Really? Like the, the original <laughs> the Hitman's Bodyguard, not right, the wife. Yeah. But like, right, right. the funny thing is that so many people didn't realize that like Salma Hayek, who plays like Samuel L. Jackson's wife in the, in this this one was also mm-hmm. in the original. Like they just thought, oh, okay. they a great idea to add her to the series, but she already was in it. They just really didn't confusing. see the first one. Uh, Spiral, the Chris Rock Saw movie. I wonder uh, if that. Yes. I wonder if that one was supposed to be something else at first, or if this, or if it was always like Saw and with Chris Rock and trying to it, deceive you. I don't know. the The trailers for that struck me as like we need to take Saw in the direction of like it. You know, like those it movies where they're like oh. kind of like epic horror. You know. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, no. Speaking yeah. of epic horror, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. You know, that's uh-huh. that's one that's yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, A Quiet Place 2. 
It's just rough, man. Another I know sequel. You, Boss Baby you, 2, Fast Boss 9. Boss Baby 2, Fast 9. Yeah, like we still got, and, yeah. and Joey, we still have like another 20 to go. It's insane. This year. It's, 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 it's so tiring. You know, I'll, I, read I, off, I, I'll read them off for you. Space no, Jam, no, A New Legacy, <laughs> The Suicide Squad, not the sequel to Suicide Squad. Don't Breathe 2? That's hilarious that they're making a sequel to Don't Breathe that's coming out. Yeah, I, I guess that movie that with one the blind end. old man, yeah, like the, in his the, house, the blind guy. Yeah, yeah. That that gets a sequel. Why? Uh, let's see. What do we got here? The Many Saints in Newark. Newark. That one looks cool. Not Newark. See, look what look what I did. Uh, <laughs> another Hotel Transylvania movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, Connor. We you you're reading off all these sequels, and it's it's giving me a headache. I would rather <laughs> talk about something that is not a sequel, that is a real movie that me and you just watched over the weekend. Um, that was just released on HBO Max, as I said earlier, called No Sudden Move, uh, directed by the uh, the great Steven Soderbergh. So, Connor, t- tell us a little bit about uh, No Sudden Move. Yep, as soon as I just bring up the thing, because I didn't do it after you told me to. Uh, big mistake. Yeah, you know, I, we like to read the IMDb descriptions. That we do on these okay so our our friend steven soderbergh is back all right so the description and this was a direct to hbo max i think that's the only way to see it right now yeah it is a group of criminals are brought together under mysterious circumstances and have to work together to uncover what's really going on when their simple job goes completely sideways i feel like that description is pretty apt you know, yeah, that's great. That's a that's a great yeah, description. Not, not bad got, for IMDb. Yeah. Yeah, it, this is like an ensemble cast movie, oh, yeah. which is similar to like other Steven Soderbergh movies. He, you know, if you're not familiar with Steven Soderbergh, he he did the the Ocean series, Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen. Mm-hmm. He did uh, Logan Lucky, which is like similar to the Ocean's movies. It's like it's like a hillbilly Ocean's movie that takes place in like a NASCAR track for the mm-hmm. most part. Uh, he's done a bunch of stuff lately for Netflix, I think, that I haven't seen. I know I that know. he did a movie called High Flying Bird for Netflix. I think it was a basketball movie, something like that. He's done a bunch of like stuff that's other than these type of, other than his like Ocean series. Like he he did Magic Mike. He did mm-hmm. that movie that everybody was watching like last year, Contagion. Did you know that? Oh uh, yeah, directed yeah, yeah. That. Right, he did, right, he right. did another interesting one called The Girlfriend Experience, which was like a. You know, an interesting one where taking a porn star and like having her be the lead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. I remember that. Yeah, no, it's actually What's funny it? you you mentioned this. I, I was I was curious. I I looked I looked this up after uh, watching this movie, uh, No Sudden Move, and this is actually only the second Steven Soderbergh movie I've ever seen. Is that the, true? Uh, the, the only one is Ocean's Eleven that I've actually really? seen. I don't know how you, it's you possible. Didn't, you didn't that, see Logan uh, Lucky. Well, the thing that's wild is like I, I've been aware of him for like forever, and I like I know of so many of the movies that he's directed. It's just for some reason I've never actually watched like any of them. Uh, wow! It, so I guess you'd be weird, more yeah. you, you'd be more familiar with the guy who was the writer of this, Ed Solomon. Who what was did, he done? He's done all of the Bill, Bill and Ted series. Okay, which you've seen one of, I guess. <laughs> yes. Uh, he also wrote the original Men in Black. Okay. And he wrote Super Mario Bros. What a, what a career. <laughs> um. I don't know. I like this one, though. Yeah, so I guess the, you know, some, some of the cast, I can just name off some of them. 
Don Cheadle is the lead. Benicio del Toro, David Harbor. You know, he's the guy from Stranger <laughs> Things. John Hamm, uh, Brendan Fraser. Very happy to see Brendan Fraser back. That uh, was yes. great. Oh yeah, uh, he's he's looking a little different, <laughs> a little bigger. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see, Julia Fox. She was the she was uh, played uh, Adam Sandler's mistress in uh, Uncut Gems. She, yes, she, I think yes, she yes. I think she's a great, you know, little little interesting role in this one. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Kieran Culkin, the guy who's big on uh, that show on HBO he's on Succession, right? Succession, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Succession. Yeah, yeah. He's also uh, Macaulay Culkin's brother. Yes, uh, yes, he is. Yeah, are those the main ones? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess those. I guess those are the main ones. People, people show cast. up here and there too. Uh, oh wait, wait. How could I? How could I forget? Uh, you know, I well, I guess since it is an ensemble movie, I guess there are some some actors who are in it that are in like smaller parts too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that that show up very here true, and there. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Well, anyway, so those are the, those are like the main ones uh yeah so joey what'd you think of uh what'd you think of no sudden move well connor i'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you here um, we go here we go that, i don't know i had, I had a great time <laughs> with, oh with good this. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know i feel like it's hard to like you know th- this is just like i i assume and again i don't want to speak for steven soderberg because i've only seen two of his movies including this one but i feel like this kind of story is right in his wheelhouse it's mm-hmm. a uh, a very dense plot with a lot of things going on and setting it up that to to the point where you almost might be confused because you have to you have to really pay attention to kind of understand the inner workings of everything mm-hmm. um, with lots of characters doing lots of different things and every player having sort of like a different piece of the puzzle that is the story mm-hmm. um, and w- once you do kind of wrap your head around it it's uh, it's really intricate and really interesting, but I think fundamentally it's a movie that has really good performances from uh, the the lead characters. Like Don Cheadle is great. Nicio mm-hmm. del Toro is always great. Um, David Harbour is like kind of weirdly pathetic and funny. Um, oh, it's, it's great. It's such like a distance, <laughs> distant role for him too. Cause he, he, yeah. like everything I've seen him in, he's been like the strong man, like tough guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. to take charge. And this one, he's just like meek and kind of pathetic, which is, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. just so, so great. So I have a, a point unless you have anything else to uh that kind of goes off of that uh, no what do you what do you gotta say so i normally hate these kind of like ensemble movies with these big casts of known actors uh-huh. like you know like i think that there's like a few i mean they're good sometimes like so i think soderbergh has done many that are great and like wes anderson too similarly and i sure. think it's because they nail like the balance of like the characters like they have a there's always like a central few characters and in this one it's it's don Cheadle and, and benicio del toro for the most part and mm-hmm. then you like sprinkle in perfectly the use of all these other remaining big actors and it works mm-hmm. like great mm-hmm. you, you know what i mean like there's other like bad example and an ensemble movie i guess is like kind of like a weird thing like i what what counts as an ensemble movie you know like mm-hmm. like how many but i can always think of these horrible ones like like every single spoof movie is horrible, like scary sure. movie, movie, yeah, yeah, sure, 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 movie forty two or forty three or whatever, forty three, yes, was. yes, yes. Uh, every Adam Sandler project that he has these giant ensembles and think of like oh yeah, 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 all terrible. Weirdly, there's like a ton of like holiday themed ensemble movies that I think are just all terrible. 
Ooh, that's true. Isn't there one called New Year's Eve? That there's New Year's Eve. There's, uh, there's one called Valentine's Day, which is the same thing. I think it might have been directed by the same guy, actually. So it's, they're not only holiday-themed, but they're titled after the holidays. Yes, yes. So you yes. can't get confused. I, no, yeah. Well, I think there's, no, there's another one, actually, that, that I despise that might be controversial. Is called uh, Love Actually. I despise. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah, a that's, that's a giant ensemble movie with a ton oh, of man. like known actors. That's just I think I, all these things I think have the same problem that it's just there's too much of every single actor and it you there's no story. You know, like I think Steven Soderbergh with like his Oceans movies and Logan Lucky in particular, they have like such a great script and they and they mm-hmm. they flow so well and they utilize every actor so perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a, and like you said, it is a story that you have to kind of focus on while you're watching. And I guess we can talk mm-hmm. about like, like what the story actually is. I mean, this is a, this, it's a crime thriller that takes place in like 1950s Detroit. Yes. Yeah. So then there's, there's obviously uh, all sorts of things going on, like racial tensions and also just financial tensions. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, it, the plot is just very, it it starts off like very small and gets really big as you as you go. <laughs> really you know? big, yeah. 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 So then but then it comes small again at the end. And it feels like mm-hmm. a very nice bow is tied at the end and you feel happy at the end that you just watch something. You're like, all right, yeah, this, yeah this exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a real movie, you know. Yeah, the, it's it's just interesting. Like you the, the the movie deals with like kind of these low level low level ish criminals and i say low level because they're kind of just on their own like taking odd jobs for like gang bosses i think is kind of like where they were at um and the uh there's so many names thrown around right like when we first are introduced to, to don Cheadle, he's like a you know he's he's told about a job and he's like it better not be for frank right and then later mm-hmm. on benicio del toro is told about the job and he's also like better not be for frank and right. you're like well who's who's frank we don't know like we're the movie just is asking you to remember that name because it will matter and they throw out a lot more names like oh yeah and frank, and frank uh, uh, the ensemble thing frank is ray liotta like yeah frank course, is ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean once he shows up it's I, I i like you know i was like cheering in my head i was like, so excited yeah, exactly you yeah. always love to see ray liotta show up in, yeah in yeah something. exactly oh and he's great <laughs> he's, oh, he's such he, a such a treat to watch uh, the movie is funny too i think ray liotta oh, yeah, is yeah. hilarious in it also in, oh yeah, just, yeah i'm just totally yeah yeah, yeah just, just, just it's a good time it's a it's a it's a good time movie it's a you know a thriller you know a good like like semi-comedic semi-intense interesting thriller with a lot of different layers to it and a uh, very twisty complicated plot yeah like, like i was saying you got like all, all these names that they're throwing out like watkins and frank and jones and you're like you you have to like you know pay attention and be like who are these characters and how do they relate to every other character um because the the movie doesn't really like explain anything to you about it. You just kind of are thrown into the deep end and yep. are expected to sort of work it out in your head or not. Because even if you don't like at the end of the day, you're, you're dealing with very charismatic actors in very like fairly easy to understand situations, especially in the beginning, because basically like the first part of this movie is a job that uh, um, Don Cheadle and, and Benicio del Toro get involved in. And, you know, as, as expected for this kind of movie the job doesn't go according to plan um <laughs> and it's it's just you know compelling just for 
for the immediacy of that. And like, even if you, you can't fully understand where the plot goes um, and, and how everything interconnects, it's, it's still just a really good time hanging out with these guys. Yeah. Um, because they're just really, really fun to be around. And, and, you know, I really love uh, Don Cheadle doing his, he's, he's still kind of doing his Miles Davis voice. Um, he's, <laughs> yeah, which is, which is great. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, he's a really, uh, a really likable character kind of just naturally. I don't, I don't know what it is about, like his performance, but like kind of instantly, you're just kind of on his side. Don um, Cheadle is great. Don Cheadle yeah, is like great he, in everything he, he, he does. Great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you can't really necessarily say the same about Benicio del Toro. He's kind of a uh, kind of a like a doofus a little bit. But that but, that and, was kind of the that was like the character yeah. though. Like the character. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, yeah. It was so interesting because like, and I mean, it was all intentional, obviously, because this is how it was written. But the character is kind of like revered as this like really intense, like no like all business like we'll get stuff done kind of guy and then everything mm-hmm. we see of him is just he's just some kind of like schlubby dude yeah he's, he's kind of like going through yeah. the motions almost and like yeah you know he's just and like he <laughs> the other thing i like is that you never really know for sure where everyone's allegiances lie and like there's no real like you know there's no honor among thieves like <laughs> the uh even though like don Cheadle and, and benicio del toro like their, their characters they they get along but like you, you, not in the sense that you you think of them as like buddies. You yeah. think at any moment they could d- double cross each other. Oh yeah, um, exactly. So, and, yeah, and, they, and, you, and there is some of that already. Yeah, yeah. In, in, you, that happens. You never know where where it's going to go. Um, and frankly, where it does go, like in especially in like the the second half, and what what the the answer to the big like MacGuffin question was mm-hmm. was kind of completely unexpected for me. Um, and I kind of mixed oh, I, feelings I love on that it. too. I thought it was great. I thought it was <laughs> hilarious. Like the so way he just kind of threw it at it, you. Like, oh, that's what this was. So, to in, in the interest of like not not giving any spoilers, I'll, I'll explain it this way and, and why I, I feel a little weird on it. So, like the whole idea behind the MacGuffin, right? Like Hitchcock, his his whole theory of the MacGuffin is like there's some like object in the plot. That is, you know, a, a big deal to the characters, but means nothing to the audience because it's just a vehicle to get the story moving, right? And this almost feels like, it, like at the end of the movie, there's like a, a, some title cards that come up, and I was thinking, like, when I was watching this, that this almost feels like if at the end of North by Northwest, a, a bunch of title cards came up telling us about the microfilm industry. And uh, you know, how microfilm was uh, exploited by governments in in the past, and it's like I don't care. Like I don't. None of this is relevant to me. I don't. I don't need to know about the uh, the history of this this stuff because a MacGuffin's just a MacGuffin. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, it's just a thing to drive the plot forward. But I feel like in this movie, it pivots at some point and takes its MacGuffin very seriously, um, especially with the introduction of. Uh, one character, which is, is, I guess, kind of a cameo appearance that <laughs> I guess this actor is, this is just kind of his, uh, his thing now is showing up in movies unexpectedly. Uh, oh, like, oh it's, it, it, it's him again. It's totally um, a bit at this point, which it's I, be. And that's, and I think it's great. Like I actually, I really liked the, the MacGuffin because sometimes you watch a movie and the, the, a lot of them use MacGuffins. Remember, remember Star Wars, the new one? No, well, I guess not new anymore, but the force awakens had a MacGuffin. And it's just like a stupid thing. Like, I don't even remember what it was. But the MacGuffins don't mean anything. The MacGuffin here is everything. The MacGuffin is why this is happening. You know? Like, yeah, why yeah, yeah. it's like being hidden and why it has to drive the whole story. So I think, it, I think it's cool. Sure. I, I think, I, like, I'm, I'm okay with it. I just think it's like, 
it's almost like the movie starts spending more time on the the context of the story and like the history of the like the time and place that the, the movie is set and for a little while at least the characters take a little bit of a backseat like it's weird to me that over the the last shot of the movie we get a title card that explains more about like I, again the context and I'm, I'm being vague here because i don't want to spoil anything but like I, I would rather the title card have told me more about the character that i'm looking at because he's who i care about i don't really care about the uh you know the the, the background information. And yeah, that's a good point. But I, for me, but when it, I like, saw it that, did, it didn't bother just, me that much. Right. It was just, but, I, it, I thought it was a little curious. Was a for little me, weird. I just, I saw that and was like, oh, and then just laughed. And I was like, oh, ha, all right, yeah. cool, great. It's like, it's just like a little history lesson. You know, it's, it's like a yeah. mystery story where the, the, the answer to the mystery is, is, is a history lesson. Interesting. That is given okay, hold to on. I do bit. have to, I do need to bring up one thing though that I wanted to know if you know anything more about. Did you, I, the way this was shot, it felt like I was looking at, at like, or for most, a lot of scenes at least, <laughs> I was looking at a, at a mirror in a funhouse. I'm really like glad things you were, mentioned this. <laughs> things were inverted on the left and right, or, or, or another thing is like, or I was looking at a marble like really close mm -hmm. up and I could see sure. like the design like on the left and right and, and above. What was that? And yeah, have you ever so, seen uh, anything like that before? Uh, again, this is like, I, I know a lot about Steven Soderbergh, even though I haven't seen any of his movies, including his recent ones, but I am aware that he's kind of gotten this like late period obsession with like shooting on really low rent cameras like he might have shot this on an iphone i know he has shot some movies on an iphone i don't i'm not entirely sure that he shot this one on an iphone but basically he's using like kind of like i guess consumer grade like low level stuff with really wide angle lenses so mm. you get that kind of like weird fisheye sensation in right. uh, some of the shots of this um and it's really disorienting especially if you're not used to seeing stuff like that. And in a, in a major movie, like nobody's used to seeing stuff like that. Um, it, it definitely is like kind of a weird uh, stylistic hallmark, I guess, of his, uh, his later movies that uh, I've definitely heard. I've seen some critics complaining about it where it's like, all right, I hope, I hope he gets this out of his system. And I, I guess in, in a sense, like this kind of movie probably didn't need the, uh, the budget camera look, you know, it probably could yeah. have benefited from, uh, you know, shooting on uh, more traditional film cameras or, or on film itself. I mean, this is a very, like, this is a period movie even. Um, yeah, I, so, I mean, I, I definitely didn't dig it. Like, in, <laughs> I watched <laughs> the first, like, half hour of this movie on, like, my phone. I've never done that before. I was watching it on, like, the <laughs> yeah. Amtrak backup north. yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, is this what, what am, it is? Like, what oh am I looking God. at? <laughs> I can already, like, barely see anything. And I'm looking, like, oh, my God, I'm getting... Uh. <laughs> And then I realized yeah, when I but, put it on the big screen to watch the rest, I was like, oh, okay, so this is just the movie. This is what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. It's, I, think uh, it, yeah, I wonder if it looks better on a big screen. Well, I, I'll tell you right now, I watched it on a big screen. It looks like it looks. Like, oh, okay. You know, so, I mean, yeah, I, I was wondering yeah. the whole time, like, is this just bad? Like, on the tiny, tiny screen that I had my, on my slightly bigger screen, like, get my, my condo and, like, yeah. it was slightly better. I, know, I think I know it's a testament to the uh, the strength of the story that, you know, you kind of move past that pretty quickly and you get kind yeah, of just yeah, involved yeah. in the characters. And right, I, I got it. Right. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. I want to talk about the music. Oh, God, yeah. Thank you for bringing this up. I almost forgot. This This. This is like the best yes. like, movie so, score so, I've heard in a while. Oh, my God, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, so the music is by David Holmes, who has been working with uh, Soderbergh for like forever. He does every movie he, he does. The Oceans series as mm -hmm. well. Like the Ocean series, like 
I, I re-listened to one. I kind of remembered it already. It, it, it's it's kind of like jazzy cool, like like mm-hmm. R and B yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. like big band stuff. And the oceans yeah, right. theme moves is very upbeat and quick. And no sudden move is jazzy too, but it's methodical and haunting and kind of yeah, folksy. And and yeah. like I dig it. It sets it yeah, sets the no, mood. It's, it's, yeah. There's like lots of bass in it. You know, like. Yeah. I feel like I heard a, a a little like string motif in there that reminded me a lot of the main theme to Chinatown, with like I, be, you know, yeah. I can't really can't really imitate it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I just like hearing it like instantly put me in that kind of like neo noir mindset, um, mm-hmm. and man, it, it's it just it elevates the movie a lot for me. Like just the the music is is phenomenal. Um, yeah, yeah, that's. Thank you for bringing that up because I, I completely forgot to mention that. Uh, that oh, was yeah. like in, like the first thing I noticed while I started watching was like, all right, I'm I'm down for uh, for this just on the strength of the music alone. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, this is a good one. Like, I want more stuff like this. Is if I, I think I've said stuff like this before. Like, if if I can get a movie like this every week, I'd be very happy. I'd be very very happy. I and mean, actually, like uh, as, as the last thing I'll say, that the main disappointment I have with uh, with No Sudden Move is that I, I had to watch it on HBO Max. I couldn't go to a theater to see it. Yeah, I, I, I would have loved to have gone to a movie theater to see this. You know, it feels yeah. like uh, you know it's my kind of movie theater movie. But you know, I, I guess you know it's more accessible for people, and it's certainly accessible for you, the listener. So you know, if you're into in, into interesting, like solid, good, fun time movies. You know, definitely check out No Sudden Move. I think you'll uh, I think you'll enjoy it, and uh, I think that's uh, I think that's all I got to say. So everybody, uh, you have a lovely uh, rest of your day. <laughs>